Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I'm coming at you from New York and I'm with the beautiful Flex who's in Sydney. And we have new microphones. So we're giving you crisp clear sound we've invested our monies and we're giving you crisp clear sound so please gas us in the <laughs> facebook group on our instagram pages we just need to be gassed and congratulated for um leveling up our sound also thank you to the angel who slid into our emails and like helped us with the sound you're amazing and today we are talking about friendship breakups so it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, and before I begin, I just want to say, I just want to remind you all that we have a Facebook group. The Facebook Facebook group is incredible. It's amazing. I was just telling Flex, I literally think we have the highest concentration of intelligent human beings inside the Bobo and Flex Facebook group. So make sure you go and join the group, join into the conversations. It's discourse, it's academics, it is emotional intelligence, it's all the things in one group. Facebook.com slash group slash Bobo and Flex. And we have a Patreon page where you can support us and get bonus episodes and just like bonus things. But let's just jump right into the conversation. Flex, how are your friendships going in general? Like, how's your, yeah, how are your friendship relationships right now? The friendships I care about <laughs> are going well. We One of the first um, episodes that we did was talking about whether we were or were not trash friends. Yeah. And a lot of the sentiments that I expressed in that episode still ring true today. There are some behaviors that I... Um, make that I do think that can be considered as being trash. I do think that can be considered as words. Who knows? Um, but for the most part, the friendships that I care about, I'm making sure that I'm investing a lot more time into. I think that it only occurred to me very recently that it's naive to think that friendships don't have dips and highs and yeah. that we shouldn't register them as sort of negatives or um, reflections of ourselves when they're in that space. And so those friendships that are in dips at the moment, I'm letting them be and the friendships that are in high places I'm investing my time into question for you yeah mine are yeah mine are actually going really well I feel like this year has been the most turbulent for me as far as my friendships have gone I've had two friendship breakups one was really really refreshing and just like something I was sort of I was emotionally already out um but I just didn't have the balls to like have closure with her which closure is another thing that we'll talk about um and then another one i have a friend who or i had a friend who has bipolar disorder and like during one of her manic episodes she broke up our friendship and she's still going through it because she's just in a really toxic relationship in a toxic space and it's just yeah 
we didn't break up because like she's trash it's just like extenuating circumstances um right now i feel like i have a really good community of human beings of friends i feel like i have a whole new outlook on what it means to be a friend and what like what i need and desire for my friendships so i feel like i just have a lot more clarity you know but question so I was having this conversation in my DMs. Um, Makundwa, who I post her stories on my Instagram quite often. So she had on her story, she was talking about friendships and friendship expectations and this and this and that. And so we were just having just like a light debate because she had said, so you know the notion of you either take all of me or you take none of me. Or like mm-hmm. if you don't, you don't, if you can't handle me at my low points, then you don't deserve me at my high points. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was saying that she just doesn't agree with that sentiment. Um, and I was telling her that I, yeah, I pretty much subscribe to it and agree to it to a certain extent, of course. But I want to know, what are your thoughts on the idea of you either take me whole or you don't take any of me at all? Do you think it's okay to be in a friendship or to have friends that only take parts of you or only like you for your humor or only like you for this and this and that but like not the other parts of you like what are your thoughts on that isn't that just reasonable i mean i don't know if there's anybody that are like all of them as a whole (laughs) like there's always parts of people where i would like i'd prefer them not to be there but i understand i think the i think the the bit i'm not understanding is if i'm agreeing to accept all parts of you does it mean yeah. I need to like all parts of you or just understand that they're, that you are a complex character and there are going to be some behaviors I don't uh, like I don't resonate with or appreciate, but I'm not going to villainize you for them or I need to just grow and love every toxic bit of you because I'm your friend. Oh no, I don't think it's about like accepting and liking every part of someone, but it's about I'm only going to be friends. So for example, I will only be friends with you when you're happy and joyous and like pleasurable to be around. But if you're not, then that's toxic to my well-being. And in which case I'll cut off the friendship. At least I thought that's what she meant. But I feel like that that's what I understood from her statement. Right. I mean, yeah, no. I. <sighs> it's tricky. Moving forward with friendships, I don't like I curate them a lot better than I have previously and so I'm doing a lot more like analysis and evaluation before I even accept someone as my friend like yes we might be friendly we might be acquaintances but if we're going to like you know elevate our relationship and both regard each other as friends then it probably means because we're aligned in more ways than not and so if that's the case and if you start to display behavior that I don't agree with then by that point I would have already understood most of you as a person and that's okay but for some of my older friends uh friends by default friends by circumstance friends by trauma friends by (laughs) like you know geography these these things i don't feel as though i need to hold on to with a tight fist there are a ton of friendships that i've made in the past six months that i don't feel like i'm obliged to hold for the sake of friendship like it's it, as simple as it may sound or as negative it's just not that important to me to be obligated to role play friendship oh I, yeah I, don't, I can't be bothered but um 
I just think it depends on why you seek out friends friends as well. I think a lot of people have different expectations of friends. Like, you are my chosen family, therefore we need to go through thick and thin. You are my person, I'm your person, it's forever. And other people understand that some friendships are just for circumstances. I have my party friends, my work friends, my boyfriend's friends, my girlfriend's friends, my partner's friends, my family friends, and so on and so forth. So it depends on what your expectation is, I guess. I think it is important to recognize that there's levels to friendship. And Mm -hmm. like when you're thinking about what you need and want from a friendship to take into account the difference between an acquaintance and what you would need from an acquaintance versus what you would need or desire from a friend. I think we've talked about this briefly in in one of our past episodes about the idea of like emotional labor. And there's this idea that if I have to, put in emotional labor then like that's just really taxing and I shouldn't have to put up with that if I don't want to so I don't have to put up with your downs um if I if I really only want you for your ups so I think that depends on like the tier of friendship that you have I don't put up with my acquaintances downs because that's it's not necessary but I think as far as like close friends I'm invested in the entire package or nothing at all and I feel like I have the same expectation of my friends only because I think that emotional labor is part and parcel of fulfilling relationships in the same way that like if you want to be Serena Williams then you have to put in the work and I guess it just depends on the level of depth and fulfillment that you actually require from your relationships and that's like conversations that friends need to have between each other do you ever have hard conversations with your friends i absolutely have hard conversations with my friends and of those that i do i'd say there are about five that i make sure we have them on a semi-regular basis and by hard conversations i don't mean that you know we are unpacking every flaw in the relationship but some things i just won't let slide and i will make sure they're like nut out more so than is actually required for the circumstance. So yeah. I remember at one point with one of my friends, we were having this discussion where um, she was telling me that she didn't like when I would vent to her about other friends that she didn't know because her fear is that I would change her perception of them un- negatively or unnecessarily when they hadn't even met and that ruined like a potential relationship when it would happen so if i was like oh my god That's this so girl specific. that i work this girl yeah yeah but it i understand where she's coming from because it's happened to me before yeah where somebody has told me or it happens with like my friends and their their partners right where they've told me stories about their boyfriends and each story yeah. is constantly negative that when i meet them i don't i'm not open and warm and i'm not inviting because i feel what my friend has felt and so similarly she was saying that it's unnecessary for me to use her as a sounding board for other friendship disputes because she doesn't know them so she can't provide critical advice she hasn't met them so she has no context for their behavior and when she does meet them her ability her ability to look at that situation with nuance would be Mm. um compromised because I've spent so much time trying to convince her of my point and so that was a conversation that could have been 30 minutes we spoke for like three hours because I think that initially I was very um I was very um taken aback that she wouldn't just want to that she couldn't separate you know me I guess um 
hyperbolizing versus when I was actually in a mood. And she's kind of like, well, I just shouldn't have to. Like, just don't tell me these things if they're one, going to sort themselves out or two, are unnecessary for me to know. And it's interesting that she would say this to me because I've had this conversation with other people before and I just couldn't, I couldn't sort of put the shoe on the other foot for the longest time. So the conversation was definitely necessary. But I mean, it's tricky when we talk about you know, what you should take from a friend or, or, you know, what you should deal with. Because I also think that friendship is a privilege. And I think a lot of us think that friendship is our right. And so when you're looking at friendships as your right, you obviously feel as though people are entitled to deal with you in all your moods because you are a complex human who deserves that. And granted, in some cases it's true, but I do think a lot of friendship is a privilege. And a lot of people don't have the privilege of having a platonic friend. And so if you are able to reach that, part or that stage in your life be grateful but also be mindful that you do need to manage that and right they aren't they don't owe you um for agreeing to spend some time with them let's say there's a dynamic let's just come up with like a scenario because i think this is probably like a common situation or question that people have like how much should i really have to put up with in my friendships um so it's common scenario Friend A has just gotten out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Your friend Let's is in this Let's just give her relationship- her name. Call her okay. Bianca. C- Bianca. Yeah. So Bianca has just come out of a relationship and she is demolished. Like this was the love of her life. She thought that her and her mans were going to get married and she just can't even imagine a life without him. They've been together for six years. It's a wild So Bianca's best friend, Alison, and I use best friend specifically because it would differ if it was just like a friend you had just met six months ago. Mm -hmm. But Bianca's best friend, Melissa. um, Is it Alison or Melissa? Oh, did I say Alison? Yeah, but I say Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa? So I have ADD. (laughs) Melissa. So now Allison's best friend, Melissa, comes over to, like, hear about this new breakup. It's fresh. It's a fresh wound. She's given her, like, listen, fam. You know, all the words of encouragement. Listen, fam. Let's eat some ice cream. Let's binge Netflix for today. Like, let's shit talk your man. Fast forward two weeks later, Bianca is still melancholic. Now, Melissa's starting to get tired. Fast forward one month later, this bitch is still in her feelings. She's still complaining about the same guy. She's still depressed. She's still, you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like she's getting over this guy anytime soon. Melissa feels like she's done everything that she can do to help her out in this situation. And she now feels... Like, fuck, there's nothing else I can do. And, like, quite honestly, I'm tired of hearing about this person's moods. How do we navigate that situation in a way where, like, they both still want the friendship? Or do they? Actually, we can discuss that. But how do we navigate the situation in a way that doesn't it's just in a way that's, like, compassionate and empathetic? Yeah, everyone is, like, there's, like, (laughs) self-preservation. In this instance, I would encourage Melissa to play her position and also stay in her lane. I understand that when your friend is in 
need or when your friend is in a dire strait, you feel as though it's your duty as a friend to make sure that you are the person that adds value and fixes them. But we have to stop centering ourselves to add value. It's bizarre Mm. that in this scenario, Melissa would be like, oh, I understand what she's going through, but what about me? How can I, like, who's thinking about me? Bitch, get over yourself. Like, either explain to your friend that you can't be there because your, your language of being there requires you to bring a solution. I understand that I'm that bitch as well. If I can't add value, I feel useless and I don't like feeling that way. But I think yeah. in a lot of these friendship, uh, like breakup scenario situations, it's not your space, Melissa, to to dictate when your friend will get over it, how they'll get over it, um, the appropriate way to get over it. it. You're there to provide support in a way that they need and if you can't do that, then it's also your responsibility to make sure that they know that you can't do that either. Not yeah, yeah, not like make an enemy of them because they're going through a hard spot. Um, in situations, I've been in that situation a lot because like I said, I'm that bitch who wants to fix it. But yeah. there are a ton of friendships I've had where I, I've said to them, like, I can no longer assist you in this place of mourning. I don't yeah. know what I can tell you. I don't know how I can help. And I'm not empathetic enough to be just a sounding board because I will resent you for it. So right. please don't talk to me about this until you're more over it or until I can give you critical feedback. And that has gone better than me biting my tongue and just trying to make it work. And because performing. like that'd be adopting a whole new a whole new skin just to right. get through this scenario. I mean, would you handle it differently? So for me, I think the difference, I've never been in that situation long term, but I'll give you an example of a similar situation. I have a friend who makes music and she was just releasing an album and leading up to the days of releasing an album, she got really, really depressed, really, really anxious and then started feeling suicidal. Mm. So like she reached out and was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how yeah I'm just feeling like I literally just do nothing all day but like curl up in a bowl and like think about ways to kill myself like I'm so stressed out so in that moment just instinctively I'm like oh my god like what do you need like I'm there you know so it's hard for me to say but I think if I were in her shoes I would also appreciate someone to be there for me I feel like I'd be trash if she had told me she was feeling suicidal and she was depressed and I was just like sis no I can't do anything for you like that's just too much emotional labor on my part I think that's trash and like a lack of empathy um but I also think it would be unhealthy if she was suicidal for like an entire year and expected that much emotional labor from me entirely But I think the reality of friendships is that you don't have just one friendship, you have a community. And so I think um, probably the reason why she was able to get through it is because she wasn't just leaning on me, she was leaning on like her entire tribe of friends. So I think another issue is like investing all of your emotional support into one person, as opposed to like diversifying your emotional portfolio. And that's... (laughs) Yeah, because I think that's really important to not just have... But I also think that's easy for me to say as a Gemini who has a billion friends. Um, And also why I think I'm the type of bitch that's like, yeah, I'm there for the good times and the bad times. That's because I have a million 
diff- I have just so many different friends, so I'm not leaning on one person ever for one need, and I don't have any friend who's leaning on me entirely. So, but I think that is the way society and our friendships should be set up so that everyone can be empathetic in ways that are still like emotionally healthy and everyone can still preserve themselves. But if that's not the case, then everyone is fucked. I mean, I think the distinction that we have to make though is that in your scenario, this person is your best friend and they've been going through it for ages. I think- Yeah. In that scenario, your friend would be giving, the friend who's in pain, Bianca, would be giving you some um, some context for how they need help from you. I think in this in that in your real life scenario, if this is your 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 friend and they're going through something and they haven't expressed they need you to be there for them, I also think again it's very presumptuous for us to center ourselves in someone else's trauma. I did that all the time when I was when I was dating someone with depression, when I have had friends with depression, where I'd be like, Well, yeah. let me do the thing, like let me help you. What can I do? What can I how can I make this better? And it's just not about me. And so yeah. I think a lot of I don't I don't think I think I I know a lot of the um the friction in friendships comes from this idea that we have a certain expectation of how things should be handled but very few of us are putting in the necessary effort to make sure that our needs are being understood in the way that we intend them to be I posted this question on my Instagram story a couple of weeks ago and I asked people if they were consciously, honestly, and consistently having friendship reviews and checking in with their friends and letting them know outside of conflict that they had, you know, a concern with the relationship. And the majority said no. And yeah. so I think that if you're not, if you don't have the range to call, you know, your, your close friends out or in and explain to them how you need them in times where you're feeling emotionally aligned, then I don't think you have a leg to stand on when you're in the throes of, of distress and expect Bitch. that your friend knows exactly how to be there for you. I don't think it's very Absolutely. fair. And again, that might be me just coming from the school of I think friendship is a privilege. And so I think that if somebody's going to spend time to make sure they're there for me, that I don't abuse that privilege and I make sure that I am monitoring it on my end and not expecting them to put um, boundaries in place for how we engage in the friendship. It's just... Right. Yeah, and I also think it's healthy to understand that, like, nothing is absolute. So, realistically, I think anti-emotional labor Twitter makes it (laughs) seem... makes it seem that your romantic relationships and your friendship should be uplifting and positive and joyful all the time. But that line of thinking doesn't take into account that pain and pleasure are not mutually exclusive. So oftentimes the pleasure that you seek comes with just as much pain. And so you have to take that into account as far as like if you want a fulfilling relationship, it's going to take work. And that work is sometimes really painful, i.e. having hard conversations, i.e. having to, I don't know, have awkward situations or like really tough moral situations that you have to put up with. It's just about like having realistic expectations of what it takes to have the fulfilling desire that you need the fulfilling relationship that you want and like just being realistic about what you're willing to put into it and I also think there's like a lot of us walk into relationships with a what can I get out of this 
mm-hmm. as opposed to a what can I put into this? Because I feel like as soon as you walk into any type of no, not business. Business is a different situation. But as soon as you're walking into a friendship or romantic relationship with a what can I get out of this, it's already doomed to fail because you only get out what you put in. And so if you're not even like willing to evaluate what you're bringing to the table, there's no room to evaluate what someone else is. So it's just, these are some of the hard conversations. It's a big stay in your lane moment. Yeah. And granted, I mean, I don't serve you Twitter. I think that a lot of people <laughs> would have presumed that we were part of that Twitter space. Yeah. And no, oh, no, no, no. When we've, sp- I know personally, when I've spoken about things not serving me, by nature, if something is to serve you, it means that it should be, be providing a benefit or a pleasure. And granted, not all situations fit under that umbrella, but if I'm mm. going to endure it, I would hope that it does. That right. being said, if I'm relegating someone to, if I'm relegating a friend to like ghosting territory, a friend breakup territory, then the fact of the matter is that I don't value this relationship. So if it doesn't serve <laughs> yeah. me, then it's going. But for those relationships, and so I think uh, that's like the, um, the distinction I make between how I would navigate most of these friendship breakup situations. Do I value this relationship? Do I not value this relationship? And granted, that's a really simple distinction for me to make, but it might not be for you. And that's why you're having so much trouble understanding when to let it go, when to work on it, when to ghost, when to break up, because you haven't evaluated why you even have the friendship. A lot of us are attaching ourselves to people out of, a lot of us are attaching ourselves to people out of shame and fear and a worry of the consequence of not having a community. What it's worse than not having a community, one that you have that doesn't align with you in any way possible. I mean, I know for a fact that if I'm in a place of distress, I can call um, my five closest friends and have it not be an issue because we actually have a mutual friendship. Right. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people who are who are expressing concern over how to handle their friendships do. I don't think your friendships are mutual. I don't think Bitch. they're valued in the same way. I don't even think that you, you both have an understanding I'm in pain what you're right engaging now. in. <laughs> I'm in because- pain. That was a pain... Bitch, wow, a moment of silence for all the hearts. <laughs> because that when your broken. shit is aligned, you don't have to worry, am I stepping in line? That's am I real. overcrossing? Is this a boundary? Because you've, you've had space to navigate that time and time again. It's these new, new friendships, these uh, Twitter friendships, these default friendships, these club friendships, these work friendships. Or friendships have with all... power dynamics. It doesn't exactly. work. It, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. And if you're not going to, yeah, if you understand that, you have value to give and you understand that friendship is a privilege, then what you end up uh, carving out with those as a foundation should be aligned with what you expect a friendship to be. Ooh. I think people do understand that friendship is a privilege, but a lot of people are under the assumption that being friends with that person is a privilege, but my friendship to them is an honor. Like I am not an honor, so let me rephrase that. Being friends with that person, that's a privilege for me, but them being friends with me is not a privilege. And I feel like as soon as you have that power dynamic, that's when the insecurities fit in, that's when the insecurities seep in, that's when all the questions of like, oh, but does he like me? Does he not like me? Are we still even friends? Anytime that's happening, it's because there's an imbalance of power in the friendship and it's already doomed to fail. Mm. Or even just 
a, just a lack of understanding of the friendship. I mean, I would, I would, um, what was it? I think maybe four or five months ago, I'd posed a question on my Instagram story and I told people to go and ask their friends, how do I make it known that you are loved? How do I make it known that I, how do I make it known that I care for you? Mm. And the responses are insane because what you find is that you have a strain of friends who know that you care about them because you're always in contact. A strain of friends who know that you care about them because you make sacrifices for them. A strain right. of friends who don't know when you do or don't care for them and are just basing every interaction they have at, uh, at face value and not by a history of positive experiences. And so yeah. even in that regard, it's unusual that, um, yeah, it's just unusual that this whole topic of friendships has become so conflated and, and convoluted and it doesn't need to be that difficult. Just right? like, pick it's your hose simple, carefully. Actually. <laughs> um, but pick your hose and communicate your desires, expectations and standards. Absolutely. And I know we got a lot of questions about, I mean, I, I posed a question to our Facebook group and I was asking people, you know, like, how how are you meant to learn from your friendship breakups? And by breakup, I, I don't mean in like the romantic sense where, you know, you both sit down and you tell somebody like we're breaking up and this yeah. isn't working out. But, you know, it happens on minor scales. Like you might drift apart. You might unfollow each other on, on the socials or whatever you host do for fun. But... <laughs> A lot of people were asking, you know, how do you find closure? How do you get over it? What are you meant to learn? And I do think closure is a myth if you're looking for that final encounter to provide you with all the clarity in the world for where your friendship went wrong. But yeah. I do think after you have acknowledged on your end that there is a lack of friendship, however you however you see that to be true, it's such a critical time to acknowledge how you even got there in the first place. How did you become friends how did you maintain the friendship what do you think went wrong on your end what would you assume went wrong on their end mm. be objective i think a lot of people um analyze friendship breakups from a very naive virtuous point of view how could this happen to me i'm such a good person i put in work all the time yeah. no part of me is hard to deal with everybody <laughs> loves me this person is insane and granted that might be true in some circumstances but i do think that we favor ourselves too often and yes. it's very hard for a lot of us to see how we could have contributed to a, a relationship failing and so now it's time to take off your clown suit cut the bullshit there are no consolation prizes for lying to yourself Absolutely. really do do the critical work i think um something that i work on or i'm trying to work on is to empathize for people who are at um at the like um to try and empathize with people who are dealing with me being a shit friend like how would i feel if somebody mm. was you know attached one day and vacant the next how would i feel if somebody was bailing on plants and if i've come become comfortable with that reality then it's i'm happy to move forward but if i can't empathize with the person that i'm dealing with then with that you're i don't hurting. have the range and i'm not even ready so it's a big one i don't i just you know how i feel about this whole friendship thing like <laughs> I you know how in I, how I just feeling? people aren't that important that's what I'm trying to get at I think most people are trash I think I'm trash <laughs> I think you're trash I don't think a lot of us have a lot to bring to the table objectively and so to put all this pressure on the demise of a relationship that isn't fruitful doesn't seem 
like a good idea to me. If you're in a position where somebody's waiting off you, take the L. <laughs> if you're in a position <laughs> where you're waiting someone off you, encourage them to take the L. If you're in a position where you don't know where you stand, have the conversation or take the L. I Obviously, choice isn't binary. There's a lot more than good, bad, left, right, yes, no, whatever. Yeah. But in a lot of these situations, we overcomplicate it because it hurts, to fe- it hurts us to think that the the solution to what we're feeling is something as simple as you're not that special or they don't like you. And most Ooh. of the time it's that simple. Yes. We can overcomplicate and say, all oh, my friends depressed and she's gone through a breakup or that she's got bad things happening at work. If you're not a priority, have the conversation and assess why or take the L. I don't know I'm what else screaming. that I could say to like, because yes, there's, you know, there are a few different circumstances in which like there's, there's more nuance and we need to like maybe take a break or so on and so forth. But I just don't think that most situations are worthy of a simple, have the chat or take the L. If you can't do either of them, then the consequence of what you're dealing with is your portion. Oh, wow. Well, what have you learned about yourself? from your previous friendship breakups i would say and i would put friendship breakups and sort of a failed friendships in the same category i would say that i make people feel too comfortable upon meeting me initially and oh my god i do the exact same <laughs> thing i'm crying and i before i used to think that it wasn't my responsibility to manage somebody's expectations of me so if they were to assume that if um i was asking them questions and making them feel comfortable if they assumed that was a friendship that was their l to take i wasn't feeling like it was my responsibility to manage them now it's occurred to me that i need to start as i intend to finish and make sure that i'm constantly managing expectations reminding people i have five friends if you don't know if you fit (laughs) in that category you're probably not one of them like i don't have time to, I don't I don't feel like it's my uh, position to uphold friendships out of obligation. Most people aren't special to me. I think relationships are transactional. I want to be adding value and I want you to add value. And most people don't. In a lot of the, the, a lot of the circles Wait, what, I... Wait, what do you mean by value? Because that could get... Yeah, like what well, do you mean by value? I don't think value is universal. But for me, when I talk about people adding value, are you enriching my life? Are you... Are you inviting me to new experiences? Do I trust yeah. you? Do you trust me? Are you honest? Are you happy to share with me? Do you um, do you share similar worldviews as I do? Uh, our morals and ethics aligned? Do you challenge me? Like these are all things that I find important, and the average person cannot do that in a way that is genuine. And I don't want to coach someone to doing that for me. And I've done it in the past. I don't think that I need ten thousand friends to feel uh, like I've got a life that's worthy i need five to ten and so right. if the thing is i feel like a lot of people are like just give people a chance do xyz i don't need new friends so i don't need to give new people a chance like if you don't if we don't vibe immediately that's fine we could be acquaintances we could be colleagues yeah, not, we can be, you don't need to we be can best be cute. friends with everyone <laughs> yeah not everyday best friend i don't know why people assume that if we have some kind of connection on the get-go it should develop or evolve into something it doesn't have to yeah. and so for me, it's been a, a really big challenge to try and give everybody like the flex experience of making people feel understood and loved and considered and make them feel like they're part of a community, but also keep the distance and remind them that I don't even have time for the people I love most in the world. So why would you think I'd make time for you? I don't need a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
and you know I what? have a I, similar issue yeah yeah and I, I think people I, I'm concerned people will take this the wrong way because we everybody wants to compartmentalize experiences they have with other people like what are we are we a friend are we an acquaintance are we so and so and that kind of pressure isn't doing me isn't doing any of us any good yeah like it's what happens when i meet somebody in real life from the dms who's assumed that because they've replied to 20 of my stories in the last six months and i've responded back that we now have a friendship i'm sorry to say we don't you don't know me most people don't know me i don't even know me (laughs) so you know you gonna know me yeah i don't even know me so it's it's really i just understand the pressures of upholding a friendship i think that a good friendship should should um I think that you a good friendship should have just as much time invested into it as a romantic relationship and that's why I'm very hesitant to make new friends. Oh wow. And that's not to say that I'm not engaging with people regularly and forming new relationships with people, but putting the capital F on the friend, it's a lot of pressure that I don't have time for. Yeah. I have the same because it's awkward to communicate to people that as much as I like you and I think you're cool, we don't need to be friends. I think with me, I just I just feel like I found my tribe. Like I found my people and Loki, like I'm it's not that I'm not open to more. I am open to more, but it's not like not everyone like not everyone. Like, it just doesn't need to be everyone. And that's just an awkward conversation to have. And, like, an awkward... There's no polite way of telling someone, I am not interested in being friends with you because I do not find you compelling. Like, there's no polite way of saying that. And so, I think taking hints is also a skill that people should also learn to be good at, learn to get better at. Absolutely, because we all swear up and down we're good communicators. But when push comes to shove, I can say that I've had a constructive conversation um, with about four or five friends, max. Yeah. Because it's like the, it's not even emotional labor, but the emotional range you need to navigate that conversation and make sure that your point has been made and understood is, it, it's like, that is a skill. And yeah. I don't, like I said before, I don't think a lot of friendships warrant it. But before we get too far into discussion of our own, I want to make sure that we're answering some of the questions that people have asked of us. Mm. Just so, you know, everyone understood is everyone understands they're being heard in some capacity. I want to ask you, under what circumstances is it reasonable to ghost someone um, and let a natural drift happen versus a breakup conversation? And I would say Ooh. generally, I feel like life is not a movie. and it is you're doing too much trying to assume that every time you want to because i think okay in my experience if i've let a friendship drift it's because i don't understand what i want from a person i don't have much value to give them or i just don't see a fruitful future for us and that could be from a multitude of factors like i'm going through my own shit i already have my party friends i already have my critical thinking friends i already have my family i don't know where you fit in i can't make time for you i can't assess whether or not you're just a bit of fun or you're you're just drama like there is a a (laughs) lot of reasons why i can't that things drift because i just don't know where you fit and so i i think it's a little bit forward to presume that every time that you don't connect with someone in a way that you were hoping that you need to excommunicado them in a very serious way like not everybody needs that 
damage done to them and you might argue that ghosting is more ghosting um does more damage than a breakup conversation but i don't know about that i've broken up with a lot of people in my lifetime and that's done more damage than ghosting from my experience because when you when you put a mirror up to someone and you say I don't know if you can see your reflection as clearly as I do, but this is your reflection. This is what I'm seeing. The qualities that you list out and you drill in when someone's in an emotional state, it stays with them. You start planting seeds and you might not mean it to be as vitriolic as it'll come across, but if you're already in an emotional state and then I tell you that I can't be your friend because you're not ambitious, I'm a little bit embarrassed (laughs) of you, I think you're a little bit cringy, I don't trust you in um, certain social circumstances because you don't know how to act, um... We don't share similar similar ethics and values. I know for right. a fact my mum would think that you were crazy. Who needs to hear that? Granted, it would it, it would work well for them to get over the situation, but in that state of mind, you might plant seeds that aren't that aren't that deep. Like, yeah, my mum might not like you, but who cares? Like, I'm sure a ton of other mums yeah. would like you. And so it's just a little bit rich to be like, let's have a breakup conversation. I was going to say that begs the question of when is it ever okay to tell the truth. Or to lie. Like, when do you know when to tell the truth and when to lie? Because there's a lot of honesty is the best policy, um, which I have never fully agreed with. Mm -mm. I think causing the least... I'm not really a utilitarian per se, but I think in the context of truth, which there's no such thing anyway, but in the context of truth, lying, deception, I think it my moral code leans more towards what would cause the least harm and while the argument for that is that you should never be in a position where you're deciding for someone else what will and won't cause them the most harm i just think like there's certain situations like what you were saying where it's like if i tell you that you're ultimately like a lazy dumb unambitious hoe and therefore i can't be friends with you while that might be my subjective truth how does it benefit you to hear that, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that's also, it's about evaluating when, yeah, deciding whether or not to break up or ghost or just, no, ghosting is a different question. Deciding whether or not to break up or to just drift away has a lot to do with when should I be telling the truth? Um, will it benefit anyone for me to tell this person how I feel about them but also a lot to do with mutuality I think just withdrawing from someone drifting away from someone works when it's mutual I think when two people can feel that the the friendship has ended there's no need to have the conversation both people can just drift away peacefully but I think when there's one person who's still attached and then there's the other person who's trying to leave the person who's trying to leave always ends up being the one to make the bitter speeches. It's just what it is. Yeah, I I like utilitarianism when I'm centering myself, like I'm maximizing my own happiness. And mm. when we when we talk about this whole topic. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Or like give me an example. The thing, well, so let's say like I, like currently I'm sure I'm screening like five people who in the past six months I've given the impression that we're closer friends than we are and yeah. they're now asking for too much of my time. And granted, I don't think that they're in the wrong for expecting that because yes, in January, February, when the year is just you know gearing up, none of us are freelancers are working as often as we'd like to be. So yes, I have time to hang out every day. I have time to like be on the internet, I have time to chat. But now that I'm in my work year, yeah, I have time, but not for you. <laughs> and that's a hard <laughs> conversation to have with someone because- yeah. They're not going to understand. Most people don't live a lifestyle that I live. So to explain to someone that the reason why I am online all day, but I don't have time for you is because I'm keeping up my impressions because I get paid. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like Because <laughs> eventually when somebody yeah. wants to book me to do a sponsored post once every three months, my impressions are up and I can charge more for that. That doesn't mean I'm free yeah. and available. But what I'm talking about is in that situation, like let's say the five people that I'm ghosting screening, right? Right. It is much easier for me to just ignore them than to find a polite way to say that I don't want to make time for you because I don't value you. Mm. And like, I could mince my words and say like, no, I value you because like you're really fun to party with. And like, oh, you know, like we have similar views on this and we have really fun conversation. But when I talk about value, I'm measuring you against the other friends I already have in love. So if I feel as though this kind of experience that we've had, I can get it elsewhere tenfold and I already have that, then it's much harder for me to try and explain to you why I don't want to engage further in this relationship. And so to maximize my own happiness and to make sure that it's like, to make sure that I'm centering myself, it's just easy for me to ghost somebody. I don't like, like I said before, if I don't care enough to maintain a relationship, I don't care enough to make sure the breakup is amicable. Wow. And like, it might, it might sound like rash or tough, but it's the same reason. <laughs> like it's just, there I it's disagree I, with you. I do it to, I only ghost men. Um, look, my ghosting is like, I don't care who I ghost. It's just the nature of the fact that for me, I don't, it's not like, the, and the sentiment is new. Like when I make new friends, I always tell people that I'm a flaky ass bitch. I don't <laughs> like to respond to my text messages. I will always prioritize work and my close day one friends. There is no way you can convince me to do something I don't want to do. I set up the precedent quite earnestly because that's just the bitch I am. I'm yeah. straightforward. I'm, I'm sharing all my shit from the get go. And so if you refuse to acknowledge that when I'm when I'm displaying behavior that I said I would, that is your L. But as I said before, I know that I'm mindful. I know that I'm responsible of how people feel. So granted, I'm not just like, when I say ghosting, I think we should clarify. I'm not just like blocking and deleting people and being like, well, I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah. It's a slow burn. It's a, hey, Flex, do you want to hang out? No, I prefer to stay at home, but thanks for reaching out. Okay, cool. Can I book a date? And Because I always tell people, if you want to hang out with me, book a date in the calendar. And like, I'll confirm. Okay, cool. They'll say, can I book a date in the calendar? No, like, I'm pretty sure I want to keep things open. Like, I'm not really interested in like, you know, putting together a date. 
Um, and they'll be like, oh, okay, well, like, is there anything we can do? I'll be like, well, to be honest, like, I'm just not in a very social mood. I have five friends who, like, w- will happily see me in the state for the most part. I don't mm. really feel like I want to engage. Like, I'm having these conversations and I'm drip feeding, but I'm definitely not just going to sit someone down and be like, hey, here's why I don't want to be your friend. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Do you I know what I mean? Like, that. I'm still telling people, like, no, I'm, because I'm an upfront bitch. Like, no part of me wants to cower in fear of a hard conversation. No, but I don't want to be made out to be the bad guy all the time. And that is the frustration when you're a confrontational bitch, you're always the bad guy. There is very little ways for me to navigate a conversation about ending a friendship that don't end in me being the bad guy. So yeah. let me mitigate or minimize the, the potential harm. That's why I was also that's why I was also saying it's important to learn how to take hints. And what I mean by that is when people show you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people showing you who they are is literally just them being who they are or them not having the balls to communicate who they are explicitly to you because you are not understanding. But actions really do speak louder than words outside of the fact that actions can be misunderstood because we all have different love languages and subtexts and connotations. But by and large, when people show you who they are, you absolutely have to believe them. And that's absolutely going back to the initial question of like, what did you learn from friendship breakups? I think for me, what I've learned, especially this year, is that I have a really bad tendency of blaming people for them treating me the way I've allowed them to treat me. So I remember this one. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I had a friend that I used to work with and she was disrespectful to me for like two straight years. I think we briefly spoke about it. Just as far as like her never respecting my time. Yeah, the one who made you wait for hours. Yeah, for hours. Um... Or her doing things like, for example, um, I would invite her to a dinner and she would only come or be on time if there was a celebrity there or if there was someone rich who was going to be there or if there was, you know, if it would benefit her financially, that's the only time that really she would respect me. And all that time she was showing me that, bitch, I'm this friendship is for my upward mobility and access. But I refuse to believe her after the after time and time again of her showing me that her intentions in this friendship are for her to gain upward mobility and access. And so I was boo-boo the fool eventually when I, I didn't even break off our friendship. I broke off our work relationship because I was like, we just don't work well together because you don't respect my time. You're a dumb bitch, etc. And she was like, well, if we're not working together, then I'm not interested in being your friend. And that was like the culmination of all of the red flags that I had ignored and all of the times when I had ignored who she was explicitly showing me who she was. And it was finally shown like in the final breakup. And I just feel like that could have been avoided if I was just honest with myself about what I value in a relationship which is like mutual respect, reciprocity, like compassion, things like that. Whereas she values upward mobility, access, career gains. And I just think, again, the gag is when you go into relationships thinking, what can I get from this? You end up getting nothing out of it because she ended up never getting anything out of it because her friendships 
were always falling short. She was never able to make meaningful relationships. She was never able to gain that upward mobility or access because she was always using people in those ways. And so it's like I could have avoided two years of drama by seeing every single red red flags are not just for romance. Red mm. flags are prevalent everywhere. So it's like just don't be boo-boo the fool and be honest with yourself. I was speaking earlier to you about the whole idea of, uh, you know, we said that friendships are a privilege, but I also, I also believe that a lot of people don't know what they want from their friendships. And that's why conflict arises so easily and mm. it takes ages to be resolved because if you don't set your precedent out initially, like anybody who knows me knows I'm not the type of bitch that needs to hang out every single day. I don't yeah. need to talk to you every day. I'm My I use I need friendship for community and like-mindedness. I want to dip in and out. Like some of my strongest friendships, I will not talk to you for weeks. I don't even talk to Bobo until we're recording. We do a quick catch-up and that's all I need from her. But for yeah. another person, they may require more. And so for me, it's really important that people understand my style of friendship before we even agree or participate in one. And I know for a fact that people do not know what their own style is. And that's why I say a lot of people just default to high school standards where it's like, oh, no, friendship means that we have to hang out all the time. It means we have oh, to talk wow. all the time. It means we have to agree all the time, right? That's what a friendship is. And yes, yeah. when you're 15, that is absolutely what a friendship is. But I know for a fact that when you have other people who feed into your sense of well-being, you've got your job and your partner and your family, you may not need a friend to be that intensive. And so mm. what is it that you actually want and need? Because I find that in a lot of instances, it's not necessarily the friendship that is, that is you know, faulty or whatever, but we're just being triggered in ways that we don't understand. I have a friend of mine, a close friend. She yes. um, has got problems. She's got abandonment issues and she also has um, entitlement issues. So she constantly feels that she's entitled to my time because she wants it. And she's so scared that I will just let her go and abandon her. And those are valid fears, but they have nothing to do with me. They're all about her schemas and she deals with them in therapy. She knows they exist. And so for me, it's really important that I need to understand that, okay, how does that translate into my other friendships? What are my other friends needing from me that have nothing to do with me and everything to do with them? Because realistically, I could hang yeah. out with this friend. I've been on holidays with this friend a thousand times, you know what I mean? And we'll go on holidays. I could be in the same room with her and she'll be talking about like, oh my God, you're never with me. You're like, you're always so distant. Connect with me, be close. I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> so it's really important that you, we unpack like, what is it that, like, what is it, that a, that a person can't fix within us and what what, what kind of trigger yes. is directly a result of what a person is doing to us. Yeah. I said earlier- Are um, you angry or are you just being triggered? Exactly. And like, understand your triggers question. before you assume that people can fix you for you. I said, I, I tweet, uh, posted it on my story ages ago. Like it's not people's responsibility to figure out what triggers you and then to also work around it. You need to be self-aware enough to say that I know personally that I have a problem with X, Y, Z and this will come up in this friendship just so you know. Wow. And that's it. And I yeah. like for me, like the, the closest friends that I have to me are like family, but my definition of family based on the family dynamic I already have is all over the place I don't see or talk to my family often and we live like 15 minutes away from each other so I don't have that codependent symbiotic relationship with people 
generally, like from the get go. Right. So if you think I'm going to need you more than I need to talk to my own mum, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> Mind your business. Also, I think it's important to note. Um, she said, "Mind your business." <laughs> I was speaking to Bobo earlier before we started recording about the way I navigate my interactions with people, and I'm a generally a glass half full type of bitch. Even though I'm a realist, I do think like I do think abundantly. But I was saying that when I meet people for the first time, they if we're looking at interactions like a point system whatever Mm. everything's a competition with these fire signs then everybody for me is starting on zero and then each positive interaction gets you like an extra point as opposed to starting on one like broadly across all your relationships or is that specific to romance and friendships sorry you just cut out what was that oh wait did i get cut I was saying, um, is that broadly towards all of your relationships or is that just towards friendships and romance? All of my relationships. You start on zero and then each positive interaction gets you an extra point in some capacity. For me, I've had an issue in the past of giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. I thought that people just meant well, that they would have, you know, troubles articulating, that they didn't know what their behavior meant. But we are all adults and we've had enough time or people I'm interacting with are adults. And we've had enough time on this earth and enough interactions with different kind of people to know how our behavior can be interpreted. So for me, I said it at the start of the year or even a little bit before the start of the year that I don't want to read between the lines anymore. And I don't want to delude myself into thinking that people mean better than they do. So people start on zero wow. and then each positive interaction gets you an extra point. I'm not like literally counting points, but it's just for me to manage my expectations. Yeah, I get what you mean. As opposed from starting from 100 and giving everyone the benefit of the doubt I think that's and then taking away points when they do something wrong. I don't want to resent people. I don't want to regard everybody as my enemy. And when I used to start from 100, I would find that I was in constant like mental conflict with everybody around me because everybody was doing me dirty, right? Because everybody was like... <laughs> not living up to the expectation so for me that's why i think i have a bit of a cut and dry relationship with the idea of friendships or just any relationship mind you because if we're starting from zero we get to 10 points and you fuck up then what how can i be mad we don't even know each other anyway but if i've given you everything and i've assumed that you are my person and you're gonna do me right and then you fuck up then we're working all the way down from 100 and that's crazy to me do you feel like that ever becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy as in because i think i think for me it differs with different relationships Mm. i think when it comes to business because capitalism is trash and capitalism encourages trash behavior i i just expect trashness but i don't take it personally because i just know like the you know it there's just a lot of like stepping on necks that's required to thrive <laughs> in capitalism whereas mm-hmm. i assume but i guess this also beca- we also have like different viewpoints on whether people are inherently good or bad i assume people start yeah. from 100 <laughs> <laughs> like when i meet a random bitch i just assume yeah this person has good intention romantically not so much but he, as far as like friendships with women 
um, I just assume like everyone is an angel and yeah. it's all good vibes and we're all gonna hold hands and love on each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the distinction is when I say everybody starts from zero, zero is a neutral. Zero gives me time oh, for you to let not, me okay. see. So it's who not like you you're are. T- you're zero Hitler. is not negative. Zero is just balance. Like we're back at the centering starting point. I'm not gonna mm. try and um. I'm not going to try and wrap you up in preconceived ideas of how you should and shouldn't behave because I've put you on a pedestal. That's yeah. just me saying every interaction we have from here forward is how I will is what I will use to judge your character. I'm trying to get away from like my past experiences or I have a hunch that because yeah. prejudice is never fun. So for me, if we start on zero and neutral, I'm not going to I'm not going to assume we're like minded and we're kinfolk because we're both black and women. I'm not going to yeah. assume that you have it out for me because you're a 60 year old white man. I'm not going to assume we have nothing in common because you were raised in like the middle of America and I wasn't. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. So if we start from the neutral, I can give everybody a red hot go. And I know people don't like that about me because everyone's because I have a lot of friends who say to me, why do you engage with this person when you know from experience that this kind of person in this kind of industry will be this way or, you know, that kind of experience you've had in the past will equal this. But I don't know everything. So if we start from neutral, I can allow you and your experience with me as a stimulus that can dictate how I view you. It's just so much easier that way. And so granted when i read through these questions we've been asked about friendships and everything in my head i always think to myself if you were starting from zero you would have very few expectations for what for how a person should behave and if that's not the case if if you're talking about a lifelong friendship then i don't understand why the decision is so hard to make if you've had a friend for 10 years and all of a sudden their behavior is different to what you imagine you're not the same people, number one. That is always going to happen. You can't right. assume because you don't li- like behavior that it's bad or because you like it that it's good. You can't assume because something doesn't serve you, it has no value. Like right. half this shit isn't even about you. And There's so, so often, much complexity. Honestly, but I don't even think it needs to be that complex at all. It's like, look at look at the situation for what it is and take away your preconceived ideas about how things should go. You know, people always assume, like, I've known this person since high school. I should know them well. Newsflash, you're not a 13-year-old anymore. Your life yeah. has changed. You've seen things that you didn't think you'd seen before. You've done things that you said you'd never do. So, like, you have to assume that in that change or in that evolution of self, Everybody's been through an evolution of self. There is no way you're the same people. And if you're not going to have critical discussions with your friends about behavior that you find appalling or behavior that you find beneficial, then you also don't have the range to dictate how and and how they've hurt you or how they haven't hurt you. Like, it's not personal. It's not even about you. No, it's, yeah, it's definitely not. Because I also think we manifest not so much from our thoughts, but from our standards. And I see the way in like my career, if I walk into a meeting and there's five white men, I just automatically assume the worst. And I see how that's hurt me in different ways. If I'm not starting from a hundred, when I walk into situations, I try to at least start from zero as opposed Mm -hmm. to starting from, because I do think when we walk into relationships and friendships with our baggage, we start from zero and our insecurities project onto other people and they become the standards from which we manifest. So it's important to like take into account, be mindful of what your standards are and what mm. your what insecurities. Speaking of insecurities and standards, actually, can we talk about girl code? Oh, yeah. Let's because do that. So posted <laughs> in, the, in the Facebook group yeah. about girl code. What are your thoughts? 
Honestly, so I hadn't even thought about the concept of girl code until I was watching Love Island. Yeah, I saw that Bobo into it. So I'm those obsessed. of you who are skeptical <laughs> about watching Love Island, I promise you that it's not just your classic trash reality TV. It's not like, keeping it's up not the a bachelor. It's not the real world. It's it's really interesting. Like if you watch an episode, if you just watch one episode, you'll see themes of like our woes gaslighting you'll see gaslighting you'll see colorism you'll see sexism racial dynamics yes you will see all of it in a way that is so real it is not and it's realistic in the sense that you know um even if portions of it are scripted the way these characters evolve over time really shows you that um the concept of good ideal is so subject to change based Mm. on the person who is expressing these ideas what people will will look i would look let's not talk about it let's stop you go watch it or not i don't care but, it's also low-key philosophical because they throw them in these moral <laughs> dilemmas and it's just mm-hmm. like how could you judge someone on good or bad after seeing them being manipulated in this way like yeah. by the producers but yeah go watch it it's like your favorite african aunties part-time philosophers are telling <laughs> you that this show is worthy of your time like I would like if I had any advice, I would say go and listen to Amanda Seals podcast, go read the Slum Flowers book, and go watch Love Island. They are all on par. <laughs> no, literally, literally. Now, <laughs> girl code is a topic that comes up quite often in the show, and I thought to myself that I hadn't heard of the term in so long. Like I hadn't really considered how that manifests as an adult and what that even means for people. And so I posted a, a, com- a, a question in our um, Facebook group, Bobo and Flex. You can follow it. The links are everywhere they need to be. Yeah. And I asked people, what is your definition of girl code and have you used it before? Uh, and even like, what is your perception of it? And I was so interested to find out that the majority of people only regarded girl code in very specific situations of not sleeping with somebody your friend likes. <laughs> like, What? And so I was like, I tried to Google the definition of girl code. And even that was bringing up, like the response it brought up, I was like, is this it? Is this what everybody means? And so there's this website called Gen 20. And I'm assuming it's for like, you know, generation, what are we? X, Y, millennials, millennials. (laughs) Anyway, so they said that the girl code is the unwritten rules of female, which is already just, hmm. Girl yeah. code is the unwritten and often unspoken set of rules and ethics be- that exist between a girl and her best friends. Simply stated, best friends. girl code okay. are the commandments that outline the do's and don'ts of a good friendship. Whether the rules are implicit or explicit, they are generally what can make or break a friendship. Now, in my experience, I don't know if girl code has ever been that deep. I don't know if I've ever considered yeah. it to be something that would I would separate by gender. By nature, I would just assume I that think it's don't cultural. do shit you don't want done but to we, you. But even in that capacity, that. I do shit I don't want done to me all the fucking time. Hello? Because newsflash, I care about myself more than I care about other people. So Hold on, hold on. Repeat that. I lost you for like 30 seconds. I said seconds. that I care about myself more than I care about other people. So the idea of don't do to others what you wouldn't want done to yourself is not something that I follow on a day-to-day basis. I'd be lying to you if I said really? it was. Like, absolutely. Like Okay, this is where we disagree. Even, even on a basic level, right? Like yeah. if I texted somebody, if I texted somebody, I would want an immediate response because that's just... I wouldn't expect one, but I would want one. But if I, right. if someone else texts me, I don't like. I don't want that standard to be upheld. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if um, 
if I had invited somewhere someone if I had invited some someone somewhere five times in a row I would like them to do the same but like mm. it's like it's one of those things where I don't you it's just naive to think that how we want to be treated is the way we're going to be treated because the world just doesn't work in that way. And right. if you think it does, you're going to be sorely disappointed. The reason why I'm happy to express these views and I'm happy to say it with my chest is because I know that how I'm treated by other people has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. So what I want or don't want, what I choose to say or don't say influences people way less than I would like them it influences them way less than I would like myself to believe. You know, like mm. if somebody said to me, you know, if let, let's say I was like seeing somebody, right? And I wasn't really interested in them at all, but the attention was nice. And they were like, oh my God, Lil, like I really like you and so and so and so. I would accept the, the flattery and they might assume that I feel the same way, but right. I don't. Is that to say that I'm wrong or right? It's just the nature of it. Like people act in the way they want to all the time. So... In that regard, I feel like girl code is just like basic human morals and ethics. But the fact is, the matter is that it's that morals and ethics aren't basic and they're they're not common sense at all. Like we have such, um, we uphold ourselves such high moral standards, but I do things that contradict that all the time. Like I think about the fact that I eat meat. That shit's so crazy. (laughs) Like I literally take the life of an animal for food that I barely even finish. And then call that living. It's insane. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) the amount of times that I've engaged... No, the absurdity of being a human being literally denies you moral superiority. Come on now. Look, we take and take and take. We live such a selfish lifestyle. And that's why I will go hard and saying that we're all fucking inherently bad people if we have to be put on a on a binary spectrum because everything that we do in a day-to-day is at the expense of someone whether or not we want it or not. Like you, there is no way you can tell me you can go through a whole day without affecting <laughs> someone negatively because you don't oh, yeah. know. Like you might jaywalk one day and then someone gets in a car crash because they were complaining about you and they weren't checking the light. Or you might speak poorly about a friend and they might go tell that friend. Or right. you might do your work to a perfect T at work and then find out that your boss is using you as the standard of behavior and that everybody right. is being, um, everybody is being like upheld to a standard that you made. Like it's insane. So girl code, I think is redundant. And I think that if you need something as juvenile as a code. Okay. So my thoughts on girl code are my thoughts on morality, which Mm -hmm. is that it doesn't exist because it's subject to space and time, but it affects everyone. Right. So I think, how do I even put this? I don't know. I had a recent situation where I realized that girl code is completely cultural, which is why the reason I wasn't, I was taken aback and offended immediately until I spoke to a friend of mine and she was like, oh, but yeah, like in America, I feel like anything goes. I'm not throwing shade, but she was like, honestly, in America, I feel like anything goes and like your ideas about loyalty are a lot more cultural than like objective truths and that's when i was like no actually that is true i was in this situation where i had this friend and so i met this girl and so i'm telling my friend about this girl by the way i'm queer for anyone who didn't know so i'm telling my friend about this girl i'm like oh my god i met this girl she's really cute like i think i want to go in this and this and that So my friend goes, oh my God, she is really cute. I think I'm going to go in. 
And then next thing I know, she actually like goes in for her and hooks up with her. Quick caveat. Do you see what I mean about romantic relationships being about possession? Like you're mad because she took what was yours and she wasn't even yours. It is about, it is a lot about possession, but it, I think this situation is also a lot more about loyalty because I did think about what you're saying is that are people actually inherently selfish all the time? Um, Or is this again, just like cultural nuance? And so I was speaking to another friend of mine about it and she was just like, yeah, no, this is more of like a cultural thing than like a personal thing. I find with my American friends, there's less of like girl code thing and it's more individualistic and more like, I'm going in for mines, like I'm keeping out for mines and you should keep out for yours. Whereas like, not um, not all of my African friends, but among my more like non-American friends, there's a lot more like less individualized thinking or like less competition in that way. So I think that situation of like, I like someone and then you like that person too, and then you go fuck that person. I think in a lot of places, that friendship would be over. I mean, I I definitely think it's very juvenile because, Mm. not to say that I've been in a position where I would steal someone's man. Have have I? But even that concept, is it a thing? I I probably have once before, but (laughs) look, what I'm saying is, let's say in, like using your situation as an example, you have verbalized that you're interested yeah. in this girl, right? And granted, that might have triggered her point of view. But is is that the highest form of loyalty? Like not going to engage with a person on a romantic level because you might have interest. And then let's say you go and try and like tune or graph that girl and she's not interested in you. And now your friend can't have her because you've put your paws on her. I understand it in theory, but if that is the height of how you are measuring loyalty in a friendship, then it has to stop. Like it's, like, it's not the what, height like, of measuring when loyalty. When I think about it's if you if you wouldn't have my back in this small, small situation, what if it's like what if it's in a serious actual thing? Would you prioritize your own pleasure over someone else's? Right. Okay. I just wouldn't in like that. For me, I feel like when we talk about girl code, that kind of scenario reigns supreme. But I think the situations in that where that would come to fruition are so slim to none. Yeah. I I feel like whether or not you should date some or like whether or not you should even try and approach someone who your friend has expressed interest in, the world is so small, yeah. And if you have made friends with someone, it's because you're like-minded. The odds of you being attracted to a similar person are quite right. high. If you were like-minded in more ways than not, enough to be a friend, a close friend in 2019, or to what year are we in? Yeah, yeah. 2019. <laughs> like, I understand that, but I I would steer away from, like, trying to fuck with someone someone likes just because I know it'd be a difficult situation to engage in. Like, tuning someone or, like, trying to date someone initially is hard enough without the added support of feeling like you're being disloyal yeah. or whatever. But I honestly think that on the other end, if you're going to villainize somebody for showing interest in somebody that you both don't even know, it's fair game. I disagree. But there's, okay, so, I mean, it ended up being fair game because that girl ultimately, like, ghosted her eventually. And so, but there was also a situation where I have a friend, ex-friend, the one I was talking about earlier, So she had sex with her friend's brother behind her back. 
I was personally... Oh, well, don't be a liar now. <laughs> no, but she's not lying about it. But she just, you know, like she went and had friends with her... She went and had sex with her friend's brother behind her back. So I was personally disgusted by that and was like, wow, you're actually trash for that. And to me, that's an example of girl code where it's like, we, here's a boundary. You've crossed it because you prioritize your own pleasure over our friendship. And so, but I remember speaking to another friend about it and she was like, yeah, what's the big deal? Which again, cultural nuance. She's just like, yeah, what's the big deal? It's just sex. Like she just, like, why can't she fuck her friend's brother? Like it's just sex. And I speak to another friend and she's like, she's absolutely scum. Like she's absolute vermin. And so. <laughs> okay, the way I, the way I see yeah. it though, is that when we talk about girl code, they should be governing morals and ethics for your life. They should not dictate how somebody else leads there. Mm, I think in this mean? situation, it's fair for you to say, I would never do that. But you can't put that on someone else and say, because I know I wouldn't do that and they've done it, they're bad and I'm good or that's wrong and I'm right. That's just ridiculous. But I think it's- there are so many ways that I govern my life that I would, or like so many ways in which you would govern your life. And if you use that as a framework to see if I was a, a moral person, you would be disappointed in that situation. But I don't think that's the framework. There are a I lot of framework here is how much harm was caused. You caused someone else harm because you prioritized your pleasure over your friendship with that person or your pleasure over that person's emotions, your pleasure over that person's like fragility, just emotionality with her brother. I just feel like there was so much. But based on your example, you went to multiple people and everybody gave you a different response as to whether it was immoral right. or moral. So even by that, centering, like if you're going to use the way you see the world as a framework for girl code, that is fine if it governs the way you move through the world. You're going to get into murky territory if you center yourself and say, by this standard, everybody else needs to behave in this way or they are less than or other. You, like it, it causes you, and this is why, mm. how I feel. Like I know what I wouldn't do in a situation, but this is what I mean by starting from zero. If you, I know for a fact that if, if we both saw the same person we were interested and you said to me, oh, I'm keen on that person. I'd be like, okay, well, let me like take the yeah. L and back off. I know that's what I would do. But the last thing I'm going to do is say that you are entitled to behave in that same way because of girl code. It's just not worth it. No, no me. one is And that's obligated. what I mean by starting from zero. Yeah, but that's what I mean by starting from neutral. Like if I don't have a framework of what I expect you to do and you behave in a certain way now that dictates your like who you are to me and it's fair no but I feel like the framework isn't from my behavioral standards the framework is are you causing harm or nah so if but again which is my moral code but I also think if we're going off of like you shouldn't have a moral code then like we can all do it if I say I wouldn't poison someone but you would, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna call you, I'm not gonna say that's, that, that that's unethical just because I wouldn't. There still has to be some framework to which we can like navigate the world or else what do we owe each other? You know what I mean? But I think causing harm is not the right framework because there are ways in which you cause harm every day. Oh yeah, day. of course. But does that stop you or does so I think that like causing harm is very virtuous and I and I really believe that on a on a fundamental daily level you're not concerned with who you're causing harm to when you go and jaywalk or when you go rush to get that seat on the train or when you screen a call from your friend you're not concerned about whether you're causing harm you're centering yourself and you're saying I can justify my behavior in this situation because I don't feel bad yeah, but that's a lot different than me jaywalking in a, a clear street or like 
I just feel like I jaywalk every day, but I jaywalk knowing that I'm not going to cause an accident because that car is 10 minutes away from me. How do you know me. that? Because I can see there's a car over there that's 10 minutes away from me. No, but like, like no, but then even if we use that, like let's, but then it's like the butterfly, the butterfly effect. You don't know how your behavior now affects someone later. Oh no, it's about so in intention. That situation, like I totally understand why you, why you wouldn't want somebody to go steal your, your man or your yeah. girl, your person. But also it's kind of like, in my head, if somebody was like to me, I told somebody that I liked them and they cracked on, I would say grow up. There are eight fucking million people in the whole wide world. And if that's really the standard that you're going to judge a friendship, it's not good enough. Like, I'm more concerned whether someone is lying Wait, to how me, is that any they're, different? They're... If somebody, if I say to you, Boba, I'm, that person's so cute. I don't know them. I haven't approached them, but I'm going to. And you say, oh my God, they're so cute too. That's a fact. I would much rather you say, oh, I'm kind of keen to then not tell me and go do it anyway. Right. But I'm saying the fact is that you're operating also from um, your own like moral code in the same way that everyone in the world is. And so but like that's just how we all work. But I feel like it's not practical or it doesn't work to be like let's just dismantle all moral codes because everyone is different and it's no that's what i'm i'm just saying girl code is flawed because majority of people think like i don't want to do something that wouldn't like i don't want to i think this is bad because i wouldn't oh, do it no we're saying fine. the same but thing which one of you hoes is communicating that you know what i mean which one of you hoes is really telling your friends like fyi if i like somebody don't date them it's all this presumed knowledge and when you assume something you make an ass out of you and me. And that's my problem with all these fucking codes and these moral linings of being is that you have in your head, you center yourself as an upstanding person and people, not you, but people in their head center themselves as upstanding people and people who deviate from their way of thinking are going to be bad or wrong, which is neither here nor there. But the, the very few people are communicating that's their standard. And then what you find is that you get into this position where your moral code is being tested and now you don't know how to act so very quick smart of oh, this person's battle she did me dirty yeah that like i'm not saying it's either bad or good i'm saying that it's unreasonable for us to call someone or for us to like, bring out this like fucking like esoteric idea of girl code in this very niche mm. situation just say that someone behaved in a way that you didn't like don't call it a code and don't like single it out for gender it's okay ridiculous. i think we're saying like similar that, things how your friend behaved in that bit from different yeah how your friend behaved in that situation has way more to do with her as a person than this magical code that like flows through oh, right all okay so what you're saying yeah so what I'm saying is that girl code is trash because it's subjective and based on culture. So what I'm saying is she, in her culture, like that is completely okay. From my cultural standpoint, it's not. But that doesn't mean that my cultural standpoint is objectively right over hers. What I'm saying is that mm-hmm. we, all dif- we all operate from our different cultural nuance standpoint. And they don't intersect, which is why girl po- girl code doesn't exist because it's subjective and based on time and space. However, it still affects us. And so because it still affects us, we can't completely ignore its moral implications, which is why. So if someone if my friend goes and fucks her friend's brother, to me, that will be disgusting to someone else that won't be disgusting. But no one is correct. Like, we all just are affected in different ways, is what I'm saying. But I don't think it's realistic to to expect people to not be affected in different ways because everyone is already acting from whatever cultural standpoint they come from anyway. 
like that 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 one is just a fact and like it's going to affect people anyway Mm -hmm. so it's like that's just something that has to be taken into account which i think we're both saying similar things in that no one communicates or even knows culturally where like i never thought about how i how i'd feel if someone had sex with my brother until like this situation came up so because we don't ever are we're rarely ever put in situations where we have to think about it we rarely ever have to communicate what our standards are and like what our moral standing is which is also which also what which is also what makes girl code obsolete but which i feel like is ultimately what we're both saying we're just coming from that is yeah we're just point. coming from different perspectives yeah absolutely but to clarify, I think it's naive, I think it's juvenile, and I think it's immature. And I think if I was in a situation where I was behaving in a way that somebody deemed to be less than or bad, and you use the phrase girl code. Yeah. No. Like, go to bed. So, yeah, the point I make girl is that code is actually universal just way morality. Being... Like, it's just... And even then, that's flawed yeah. as fuck. So, yeah, I'm saying that even in, in a situation, like, there is no universal standard for being. And so to subject somebody to that standard that has no guidelines, no updates, no fucking reset, it's just ridiculous. Just say that someone behaves in a way that hurts you, not this, like, universal code that exists among that exists among the whole gender. Oh, That's I see ridiculous. Because I feel like people use that. People say girl code to really ham in the fact that what you've done is bad by a universal okay, standard. Yeah. Which is yeah. ridiculous, you know what I mean? Like, it's an unwritten... You know what I mean? Like, like when people say, um, you know, like, you know, you, should, you shouldn't murder someone. It's, it's like, murder is bad. It's like, well, I murder... Someone murders every day so I can <laughs> eat my fucking food. Like, somebody murders somebody in, prote- yeah. in protection as an act of harm reduction. Like, there's so much nuance right. to everything. And that's why I get really frustrated with... With when objective, we take these really complex objective ideas. morality. It just, yeah, it doesn't exist. Exactly. Like, shit's too complex to say that by a universal standard, this is... Yeah, right, even the murder one. It's just like, if, if I'm murdering Hitler, is it still unethical? Like, is that still <laughs> not girl code, though? So it's who's to say <laughs> girl code told, <laughs> told me to kill my man. Yeah, so wow, this has been a really interesting conversation. Um it's already been we got, I know, we got to wrap it up though because we I know do too we much. really do. Um guys, let us know what your thoughts are on this conversation. Let's continue the conversation in the Facebook group. The link will be in the description box below. Um tell us what you think. If you'd like to converse with Flex and I directly, get bonus episodes. A bonus episode this week will be about forgiveness. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, Yeah, stay tuned. Thank you guys for keeping up with us. Follow us on Instagram, on YouTube, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. 